So she calls herself a relationship alchemist, which I think is very interesting as well. She's going to turn whatever you've got into gold, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So please welcome Rebecca Eigen. Thank you. Well, the first thing that I want to show you all is that this is what Jung, Carl Jung, called the structure of consciousness from the inside out. And the very far outer circle is what we call our persona or our mask. It is the rising sign in astrology. So this is our ego consciousness. This is what we identify with. But there's a whole lot of us that's unconscious. 90% of our being is unconscious. And the shadow is directly behind the mask, the mask that we all wear to be socially acceptable to the parts of us that we tolerate, that we know about ourselves, that, uh, that when we were growing up, those are parts of us that were accepted. And because we all want acceptance and approval, we develop a mask. But the shadow is directly behind the mask, and it is everything about us that is intolerable to our consciousness. It is um, everything about us that is hidden, repressed, denied. So these are parts of us we know nothing about. And what Carl Jung says is that there are two centers to the psyche. There's the ego consciousness and what we know, and there's the unconscious. And the unconscious is orchestrating all the events and people that are coming into our life as mirrors. And the way I work with people is I help people understand the shadow, how you, how, what it stems from, how it was formed, um, and go into detail on that on my website. But with astrology, this is our first house. In astrology, it's what we identify with, what we know. The seventh house is our marriage partner. It's 180 degrees opposite. So we fall in love with somebody who is our complete opposite. And we are fascinated by them and mesmerized by them. And we'll feel like a bug to a light, you know, wanting that person. And the planets that are in our seventh house have to do with the parts of us that we know nothing about, that are unconscious. And so, therefore, the way to, to learn about ourselves is through the mirrors that people show us about ourselves. And have y'all ever fallen madly in love? Raise your hand. Have you ever met anyone you couldn't stand? Raise your hand. Say hello to your shadow. <laughs> because the shadow is everything about us we know nothing about. I mean, it's profound how... We will project it, and by now most people have heard the term projection. Y'all have heard that term. But it is not us that's projecting. It is the unconscious that has projected itself out. So it isn't our will. This is not something we do of our own volition. It projects itself out in order to be known. And so as we go through life, mirrors of people are going to come into our life in a repetitive fashion. And when we get to about 40, I'm 67, when we get to about 40, we know this has happened to me before. What is it about? And why is this repeating? And when I learned about this information, I thought, my God, everybody should know this. This is amazing. Uh, that 
when we're falling in love, we're actually putting an unconscious part of our soul, of our inner beloved, on that person. And that person is carrying it for us for a time. But if anybody's ever been married and divorced or in and out of relationships, you know that eventually the projections fall off. My teacher, Pittman McGeehee, who was an Episcopalian priest and a union analyst, says, if you want the projections to fall off, marry the person. It works every time. And so in astrology, we also have, besides our seventh house, which is extremely important to us, whatever planets are in our seventh house. And I have a handout uh, on my table that has the meaning of each archetype because the planets are symbolic of states of consciousness. You know, the sun is our center. The moon is our emotions. Mars is how we take action. Whether we're a man or a woman, we all have a Mars. We all have a male sign. And Venus is our feminine principle. The same as the moon is a feminine principle, but Venus is what we attract, what we find beautiful. And it's our capacity to relate So as a feminine principle, it's the part of us that values relationship. And Venus also rules our social interactions and our attitudes towards others. Um, It also rules our sense of aesthetics, what we find beautiful, what we find in balance, in harmony. Um, Another thing that Venus rules is, from the Taurus sense, because it's ruled by two signs. Libra and Taurus are both rulers of Venus. From the Taurus sense, it rules touch and sensuality. Sex is Scorpio, but Taurus is touch. And so safety, security, comfort, pleasure are all Taurian words. And as you can see by the diagram here, every sign is represented in everyone because it's an archetype. Archetypal just means we all have it. And so every person has Venus, Mars, Jupiter, etc. And every person has the need for a Venus is our need to relate, our need to have a significant other, a marriage partner. Even business partnerships are ruled by our seventh house. So we will attract people in a repetitive fashion that will carry the energy of the seventh house for us until we learn to integrate it. And this is where shadow work comes in. Oh, I've been speaking over there, and here's the microphone. <laughs> Sorry. Can y'all hear me back there? I can. I can project pretty loud. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you all a quote by the world's most famous astrologer. Her name is Liz Green. And she's a Jungian analyst and also an astrologer. And she said this in one of her books, and I love it. So I'm going to read it to you all. The most profound meaning of Venus is the beloved. Be it a person, an object, or an intellectual ideal, as the mirror of one's soul. It is a glimpse of God to whom one's soul belongs. The beloved is our higher self. So it is the part of us that is what Jung called the self. But we cannot get to the self if we don't go through the shadow. 
And we have to learn about our shadow, how it's formed, how to recognize it, what we find unattractive and intolerable in others. Wherever they're doing something to an extreme and we're doing the opposite extreme, we need to do a little more of that. Halfway. And this is not easy. Shadow work is not easy to do. It takes work, and it takes doing it consciously with another person. And the seventh house is an air house. That means that we have to communicate. We have to be vulnerable. We have to communicate what we're experiencing with our significant other. And if we're married to somebody who doesn't communicate, you know, I was married to one of those, uh, one of those people who do not communicate, then we have to ask them to write it down. You know, if you're upset with me or you're, you know, whatever you're feeling, you can feel when somebody's mad at you and they're not saying anything. And I would say to him or her, uh, my business partner was just like my ex-husband. Anyway, I would, I left him, right? Because I couldn't stand him. Six years later, I get a business partner, the same energy as the seventh house cusp. It was profound. <laughs> but I was the common denominator. So she was very introverted, and, I was, and I'm more extroverted. I mean, I have both, but she was much more introverted and quiet and gentle. And just like my ex-husband, just like my mom. So I would tell her, if you're upset with me, please write it down. I want to know. You know, I want this to work. And she started to do it. I had already started learning astrology and Jung when I met her. So we did this work together. And I, I write about the whole story in my book. Um, because it was so unique how it started and how we went through it. Because it's a process. It's not something anybody does overnight. This is something that you're going to do for the rest of your life. Is learn how to integrate your own opposites. Because the opposites are going to come at you from others. They're always going to show up in your life. And the more you understand this concept of the shadow, the more you can depotentiate um, any issues and problems that come up in a romantic relationship or in a partnership. And we don't have relationships just with our partners. We have relationships with our banker, with our neighbor, with our uh, friends, with our Cousins, you know, we have relationships with everyone. And our Venus, our particular Venus sign, tells me, as an astrologer, what we value, what we find uh, attractive in another person. The Venus sign also tells us where we want to feel safe, right? So having a long-term partnership, the Taurus part of us wants safety and security, but that needs to be developed through the Libra side, which wants cooperation, collaboration, meeting each other halfway, coming to the middle when problems erupt, learning how to dance. That's why I called it a shadow dance. In order to get our Venusian needs met, we need other people to do it. We can't do Venus by ourselves. We need other people. And so what they're doing is bringing us our own inner beloved. It's really remarkable. It's miraculous. I've been teaching this for a long time, 30 years. And a long time ago, when I first started, I would do videos, and I had a VHS, and I sent it to my parents. 
And my mother sent me this cartoon. My dad and mom watched my videos, and she sent me this cartoon, and I'll read it to everybody, but... What we first see in somebody that we, we love so much, we will love something about them, and then that part of them will drive us crazy. <laughs> and it happens to everybody. It's amazing. I mean, this is so funny. I met a man named Kenny Mom. He's so funny and outgoing. Really? When you met Irving, you raved about his ambition. When you broke up, you called him a self-absorbed workaholic. When you met Simon, you went on and on about his sensitivity. When you broke up, you told me he was an over-emotional wimp. When you met Alex, you gushed about his free spirit. Yeah, that's gushed. When you broke up, he was directionless and immature. You've spent half your life selling me on men, and the other half trying to convince me the very qualities you loved are the ones I should join you in being repulsed by. Why on earth should I believe that Mr. Funny and Outgoing won't turn into Mr. Loud and Obnoxious in two months? For heaven's sakes, Mom, this is different. Kenny's completely different. Daughters make a leap of faith. Mothers require a pole vault. So, can y'all relate? <laughs> and I'm just going to move this over. So, another thing that the Libran part of us, and Libra is somewhere in your birth chart, is the ability to accept differences. Even though you're attracted to somebody for things that you think you have in common, which is what we usually do when we get in relationship, we start seeing, oh, we like the same things, and wow, we even drive the same car, and gosh, you know, whatever. Everything that you can identify with each other, and then you're, you're like totally in this illusion. You're in this illusion that you know that person, and you don't. You only know the parts of you that got projected out. And that they have in common. But later on, much later, when the new wears off, you get to see the whole person. And some of those things are going to be really wonderful. And some of them are going to be really negative. Well, the negative things, if they give you an emotional charge, if you get a huge emotional charge and you get to where you cannot stand that person, you're out of there. It's about you. You just don't know it. So my ex-husband was very responsible. I was, he was 34 and I was 24 when we met. So he was like highly responsible and really practical. And he gave me a sense of safety and security. And so I married him. And, and then he also, I have Venus and Libra, so he kind of looked like Robert Redford. So <laughs> I don't know if y'all have heard of him. <laughs> so Venus and Libra likes aesthetics. And so anyway... Uh, I married him thinking, oh my God, this man is just so wonderful. I mean, within a year and a half, I was like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> you know, and we polarized. We were two huge extremes. But I didn't know any of this. I didn't. If I had, I probably wouldn't have married him. Because there was no bridge to meet each other halfway. There was nothing in common. We were like black and white, you know, Felix and Oscar. If you all have ever seen Felix and Oscar, we were the odd couple. And I stayed there for six years, but I left eventually. 
because the projections flew out and got onto another person. I have Aquarius there. So he was moon in Aquarius. His moon in Aquarius was at nine degrees exactly on my seventh house cusp. It was amazing. I left him for a man with five planets in Aquarius. The universe was begging me to see this part of myself. So that relationship didn't work out. And again, six years later, I get Trish, and she was my business partner. And she was an Aquarius. And she had Aquarius right here and Leo right here. I have Leo rising, and she had Aquarius rising. We were flip-flop sides of each other. But we had a lot of harmony. There was a lot of good things. And so we learned how to communicate. And we learned how to do this dance. And we started to meet each other halfway. And we started to grow. So that is what the person is there for you to see. That you have, see, you have brought an opposite to you for you to see something that you are missing in yourself. Something you need to develop. When we have uh, this awareness, or to live our lives with this awareness, then we can know that the universe always, always has our back. It's a really cool way to live. Because we're no longer victims. We are no longer in the age of Pisces. We cannot do blame stuff anymore. We can't blame everything that happens to us on other people. I mean, how many times does something have to happen to us before something occurs to us, right? So we have to talk to ourselves and go, okay, what am I missing here? What is this about? And start to do the shadow work with that person. And if we're going to want, if we want a long-term and healthy relationship, we're going to have to go through the shadow. And we're going to have to do it consciously. That means that we have to be able to communicate with the other person vulnerably. And there are three important things that you want to know when you get into a long-term relationship and if you're with somebody that you're going to marry. One, I have to believe that you have my best interest at heart and that you're trustworthy. Two, I have to know that you're competent to be in a relationship. Some people have extreme toxic behavior that none of us can fix. They have to fix it themselves. And those of us with a strong Neptune, we have to know that we are not Florence Nightingale and that we cannot save everybody. We have to let them do their own work and only meet them halfway. Three, they're dependable. They give their word and they are accountable. If they make a mistake, we all make mistakes, they can say they're sorry and not do it again and again and again. If we marry somebody and we tell them what we're really feeling and that you know we didn't like that and they do it again and then they do it again, we're dealing with a very strongly passive-aggressive person. And that is a difficult, difficult karma to, to set up with another person. And again, we cannot fix or save that person. That person has to do some inner work because they'll blame everything on you. They'll blame everything on you and everyone else. Everyone else is always at fault. They've never done anything. That's a person who is very toxic and is not competent to be in a relationship. 
A person who is competent to be in a relationship knows how to say, I am sorry. That's it. I mean, that's so important. The third thing is the dependability. That dependability. So one, I know you have my back and that you are, that my best interest is at heart. That you really, I really believe that you are only telling me this not to hurt me, but to support me. You'll know when somebody tells you something negative about you and they have a huge charge about it and they don't want to have anything to do with you anymore that they've projected their shadow onto you. So there's a whole lot to learning about our shadow that's really fascinating. And how much time do I have? I want to just pass out another It's a, it's a membership webinar portal. On my website, because I started to work one-on-one with people doing shadow work and doing astrology full-time, and I found that, that there was no way to explain all of this in a consultation. There's just not. There's 22 YouTube channels that I've already done that were Facebook Lives that you all can also watch. But I've created this membership channel this membership portal that is on my website that you can join today for $50 if you want to. It's regular price $99, and it's already actually up there as $99, that has videos, how do you recognize your shadow, to our mother and our father complex because we marry our parents. We bring, Freud says, there are six people in the bed, our mother and our father, their mother and their father, and our selves. So we have six people in the bed when we get in bed. You know, it is amazing. So there's a whole module in there about mother and father. And the anima and animus, which he called the masculine and feminine principles within the psyche. After we've gone through and done our shadow work, now we get to the masterpiece part. Jung says that the shadow work is the apprentice piece. But doing our anima and animus work is the masterpiece. Because learning about the masculine and feminine inside of us is really quite interesting and profound. And so there's a whole module on that in there. And then the fourth one is about romantic love and what that's about. And then the fifth one is um, astrology. You get your birth chart, you look at your seventh house, you look at your Venus, you look at the... You look at your, the sign your Venus is in and the house it falls in. That's going to tell you what you value in a partnership and also where you might meet that person because the house will explain also where, what you are interested in. Um, the other thing is the last module is called individuation. And individuation is a mystical union of our soul and spirit and our inner beloved. We're not going to find that outside in a person. We find that inside of us, and then we share that with another person. But our paradigms for relationship have to change. We cannot go around with these romantic, rose-colored glasses, falling in love with people and putting our ideals on them when we don't even know who they are. You don't know anybody until you've lived with them. And... When you put a, and there's a process in, in my webinar called the halo effect. We put a halo on some people. 
We just love everything about them. Well, guess what? They have a clue to another part of you. So this is about self-knowledge. This is about learning about your true and total self. It's not about goodness. It's about wholeness. That's it.